Hello, this is Fight Back, a podcast by the Healthcare Consumer Rights Foundation. I'm Steve Poisner, founder and executive director. Our nonprofit's mission is to help you navigate the complex healthcare system and to understand your legal rights, options, and opportunities when you encounter problems and obstacles. We want to empower you with the information you need to fight back and get the best possible care. On today's Fight Back episode, we will be taking a quick course in Pharmacy 101. The roles and responsibilities of the pharmacist have really expanded over time and now plays an essential role in our healthcare system. We will dive into this topic with Debbie Johnson, a third generation pharmacist and past president of the California Pharmacists Association. We will discuss why it's important for you to have all of your prescriptions filled at one pharmacy, given the dangers of drug interactions. We'll also discuss the differences between brand and generic prescriptions, the importance of flu vaccines during COVID-19, and more about the growing impact pharmacists have on your healthcare. Debbie's in-depth knowledge as a pharmacist makes for a great discussion. Let's get started. Hi, Debbie. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Steve. It's my pleasure to be here. Uh, Debbie, as you know, pharmacists interact with consumers, with patients, sometimes a lot more than the doctors do. Uh, please describe you know, for our listeners the, the growing and the expanding role of pharmacists these days when it comes to our healthcare. Well, Steve, a pharmacist is not just the person you see behind the counter when you go to the drugstore. Pharmacists are working in hospitals. They work in nuclear pharmacies. They work in emergency rooms, ORs, you name it. They work for pharmaceutical companies, in sales, in research, and a lot of other jobs that I can think of, too, that, that are fairly rare but are out there in IT. I'd like to think we're the health professional that people don't really know much about. Yeah, I, I think that uh, you know everyone has great appreciation for their local pharmacists, but don't necessarily appreciate the, the 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 big role that pharmacists play here. So when when pharmacists you know at a Walgreens or a CVS or you know your local drugstore, you know other other than filling your prescription, uh, you know they're interacting with the patient, ask, a, answering lots of questions. T- tell us a little bit more about some of the important roles that the pharmacist plays just interacting directly with patients at the local drugstore? Well, pharmacists are the drug expert, and we're making sure that the medications that patients are taking are safe for them, and they're not interacting with other medications. That brings up a thought in my mind that today, in modern times, so many medications are available from specialty pharmacies but everybody goes to their regular drugstore, or hopefully they do. In that case, they need to make sure that the pharmacist knows that they're on another medication that they're getting outside of the pharmacy. But in in addition to pharmacists taking care of your health and looking after everything, they also are monitoring whether you've had your immunizations. And we are able to give all of the immunizations that you could get if you went to a doctor's office and were much more accessible than a doctor's office, no appointment needed. In addition to that, pharmacists also can provide uh, hormonal birth control 
You don't have to go to a doctor. You can t- go to a pharmacist. These are pharmacists with specialized training. Other pharmacists are, are, are specially trained to provide naloxone therapies for people that are on uh, opioid drugs. Right. Uh, you mentioned uh, you know side effects and drug interactions. You know, I have some some friends that take uh, must be a dozen different prescription drugs. Uh, so to what extent, you know, do pharmacists and doctors depend on, you know, computers to do the analysis of what might, what drugs might interfere with each other? And what is the role of the doctor, you know, to figure the inter- interactions out versus the pharmacist? Well, hopefully both of those professionals are looking out for you, but the doctor is trained to diagnose the pharmacist, who's also a doctor, a doctor of pharmacy, is is trained in all aspects of drug drug use in the body and interactions and anything to do with medications. And there are also specialized pharmacists that work in concert with doctors, where the doctor will diagnose their patient, send them to the pharmacist. The pharmacist decides on the medication to put them on monitor their therapy and adjust the therapy as needed. What's the role of the consumer in all of this? So, of course, the, the, the patient needs to give feedback about side effects. And, but, but to what extent does the, consu- does the consumer need to do some of, of his or her own research on side effects and, and in drug interactions versus, you know, depending on the pharmacist? Well, that's kind of a double-edged sword, Steve, because when you get a prescription filled, if it's a new medication, you're given a patient information sheet, which lists the majority of the major side effects involved in that medication. And some patients will read that and and realize, oh, I don't want to take this medication. There are way too many side effects. Some people don't even look at it. Some people don't even read the label on their prescription. They don't look to see if it's really theirs. They don't look to see how many times a day they're supposed to take it. Right. So I would advise a, a patient that in addition to doing their own research, they read that all of the paperwork that comes with their prescription and, and get their counseling from the pharmacist when they initially start the medication. And then if they have any questions at a later date, they can always call a pharmacist and, and get further information. I assume you advise to stay in close contact with your pharmacist about how you're feeling, you know, after you you take a particular uh, drug? Yes, absolutely. If there's anything that you don't think is, is correct when you're on that medication, you need to talk to the pharmacist about it. Maybe it just needs, the medication needs to be changed or a dosage adjustment. Sometimes it's just taking the medication at a different time of the day can alleviate a lot of side effects. Right. But back to the question about the, the use of computer technology, to, to what extent has it become you know, a really helpful tool to pharmacists? It's helpful and it's not helpful, <laughs> which seems odd. Uh, from, the, from the public perspective, it's very helpful because you cannot have every piece of information at your fingertips at any given time. But a lot of times, it depends on the computer system. Sometimes it'll flag something that has a potential interaction and isn't always a problem. That's where the pharmacist knowledge comes in. 
the pharmacist then has to evaluate that and decide whether it needs to uh, be looked at further, if, it, if you need to contact the physician and change the medication, or if it's something that's uh, minor enough that it's not going to be a problem and continue on filling the prescription. Right. So how important is it that, that you go just to one place, you know, one pharmacist to get all of your prescription drugs? I can't emphasize that enough, Steve. It's so important. And like I said before, today, a lot of medications are provided by specialty pharmacies. Some medications are compounded and those pharmacies are specialized and you wouldn't necessarily get that at your neighborhood drugstore. But if you're on medications like that, then you need to let your neighborhood pharmacist know so they can load it into their computer system, therefore picking up possible interactions in the future. Is there one shared computer system that's that's used by the entire uh, drug distribution industry, you know, where, you know, if I go to Walgreens and get something filled, they know if I'm getting, you know, drugs filled at CVS across the street? Not necessarily. Uh, the ins- it's usually the insurance company that will flag that. Most people want to use their insurance because medications are expensive today. There is one other program that we use to check for uh, controlled substance activity. So you can, it's a separate, separate computer uh, program that you have to go to and actually log into and check the patient's history. And it'll tell you if they've had other controlled substances at which pharmacies and which doctors have prescribed them. Got it. Yeah. You mentioned insurance companies. Um, you know, my, as my, my, my days as insurance commissioner, I, I can't tell you how many complaints I got from from people, you know, just over the issue of prescription drugs and what what drugs, you know, are covered by their insurance and what drugs aren't, that kind of thing. What's mm-hmm. your what's your advice, you know, for consumers who, you know, walk into a pharmacy with a prescription from their doctor, but then, you know, they find out from the pharmacist, you know, that the insurance company doesn't cover it. That's another reason to go to the same pharmacy on a regular basis because those people get to know you. They want to help you and they will go, they will bend over backwards to get the medication changed to something that is on the formulary or contact the insurance company and get a prior authorization started. And this is where a pharmacist really, really utilizes their pharmacy technician to help them in this regard. A good pharmacy technician will know the ins and outs of what's covered and how you get it approved, et right. cetera. What's your, what's your view of generics versus the brand name when it comes to you know, trying to save money for consumers? Uh, any hesitation about generics? Not at all. I would say 100% generics are equivalent to the brand name. There's an occasional situation that occurs where maybe a patient is allergic to one of the ingredients in a generic that's not contained in the brand name. And that would be an indication to get an approval, specialized approval for that. But it's so rare, it hardly ever happens. Right. Um, Yes. So, you know, the cost of prescription drugs, of course, that's a topic in the news now and and for the last, you know, decade or so. You know, I remember going into a pharmacist one time you know, with a prescription from my doctor, found out that the, that particular drug was not covered and it was going to be, you know, uh, four or $500 of cost for that one particular prescription. And of course, that's, you know, pretty stunningly high. 
then then the pharmacist uh, asked me, do I use any prescription drug shopping apps? And I said, I didn't even know what that was. And then they told me about this one particular one. I downloaded it to my phone. Um, and, and then it enabled me to shop, you know, for places where I could get that prescription drug within, you know, 30 miles of where I was. And the prices really varied substantially. Uh, and sometimes paying cash is cheaper than paying, you know, the, the copay and the deductibles using insurance, or sometimes it's not covered by insurance at all. And the cash price is the way to go. Well, do you have any experience with these prescription drug shopping apps and what's your view on that? Yes, I do. And you probably don't want to know my view as a pharmacist. On that. Fire, fire away. <laughs> my experience has been that a lot of times people will bring in their uh, quotes from these shopping apps. And I can't even, I, I pay more for the medication than they're saying I can sell it to them for. So that brings up a conversation conversation with the patients trying to explain that to them so that I pay more for this medication than you want me to sell it to you. And so you don't stay in business very long if you do that. Right. So, so are you saying, you know, shopping around is not, I mean, usually shopping around for things is a, is a useful way to, you know, reduce your costs on when, when you're tied on finances. Are you saying shopping around for prescription drugs isn't that useful? No, it is useful because we only have so many dollars that we can spread around. But then you're taking yourself away from your regular pharmacy. But if it is an extremely expensive medication and that's the only way you can afford it and it's necessary, then of course I I would wholeheartedly go along with it. But I would also remind people that if they do get their medication at another pharmacy, that they let their regular pharmacy know right. that they're on this medication and that they need to let the, the other pharmacy that they're getting this special price at know what other medications they're taking as well. Right, right. So um, I, I've heard about programs that pharmaceutical companies offer to low-income patients. Uh, are, do you have information that you, that you can uh, describe here, you know, for our listeners about, you know, if you are low income and you can't afford your prescription drug, are there programs you can apply to for help? Yes. Many pharmaceutical companies have programs like that. And that's when going to the same pharmacy on a regular basis and getting to know your pharmacist and the pharmacy technician comes in handy because they will go, they will bend over backwards to help get you save you money or get you enrolled in one of those programs if it's at all possible. Right. Right. So uh, with, you know, the upcoming vaccines, hopefully soon, you know, for COVID-19, what's your view of the role, you know, that the pharmacists and pharmacies will play in that upcoming distribution of the vaccine? Pharmacies are going to be huge in the distribution of the vaccine, Steve. I know that in California, we got the law changed so that we can uh, provide that COVID vaccine when it's available. And many of the pharmacies in the state are enrolling in programs so that they can get the vaccine when it's allocated. What about the requirements for, you know, keeping the vaccine super cold? I mean, are, 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 are pharmacies set up for that or will that be part of the challenge here? 
That will be part of the challenge, Steve. And I suspect, and I don't quote me on this, but I suspect that in in areas, let's say in North Orange, I live in Orange County, so North Orange County and South Orange County will probably have a pharmacy that has a specialized freezer, and they will be the pharmacy that most likely you'd have to go to to get the vaccine. I may be way way wrong in this, but this is the way it's looking to in my imagination. I see. Any other thoughts on COVID-19? You know, the, obviously it's, it's, uh, seems like we're, we're going through a really serious spike right now, unfortunately during the holidays here. Any, any, any thoughts on, on, um, you know, how, how do we, how do we deal with this, you know, latest spike? Well, we need to stay home. We need to wear our masks. We need to wash our hands. <laughs> we need to get vaccinated for influenza. So I would highly encourage anybody that has not gotten their flu shot to get their flu shot ASAP. I assume getting the flu shot is important because aren't the symptoms of the flu similar to the symptoms in some cases for COVID-19? And don't you need to, I mean, it can only create more confusion so yeah. it feels like the flu shot's more important than normal this year. Mm-hmm. I would say so, that it's definitely more important than normal because they are similar illnesses, both respiratory illnesses. And if you can do something to prevent getting the flu before you can actually get a, a vaccine for the for COVID virus, then you should do it. Right. Um, what about pneumonia shots? Pneumonia shots are very important. They're only they're only indicated for a certain segment of the population. But again, a pharmacist is capable of giving those kind of shots too. And the pneumonia vaccine and the influenza or flu vaccine can be given at the same time. Right. Oh, a question uh, about pharmaceutical companies. Um, you know, obviously, uh, without their their massive R&D and all the brilliant scientists and engineers that they employ, you know, we, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be talking about these uh, COVID-19 vaccines. So that's on the one hand, fantastic. On the other hand, of course, you know, pharmaceutical companies are very controversial um, in some respects. I mean, you know, w- one thing that's controversial about pharmaceutical companies is the, you know, the amount that they spend on TV advertising. Pharmacists must get this all the time, right? You know, where patients, you know, come in and said, "I just saw this commercial about this particular prescription drug for this particular problem." You know, what's your view of 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 the whole, you know, uh, issue of advertising prescription drugs on TV? Yeah, it's kind of crazy because it seems like. You see these advertisements and you don't even know what the diseases are that they're advertising for. Right. And they're indicating symptoms. And it's easy for people to say, oh, I have that symptom. I have that symptom. I must need that drug. I, I the This is where the physician comes into play because you can't get it without a physician's prescription. So it's really the doctors that are the first line in dealing with these kind of advertising issues. Right. I can answer yeah. people's questions, but I don't really have a lot of control over it. So, so how many years uh, were you uh, a practicing pharmacist? I was a pharmacist for 42 years. Wow. Uh, fantastic. Is there you know, a story or two that you might like to relate about you know, some of your most rewarding 
times that you've had help helping patients out there? Yes, I have a few stories. I'm actually a third generation pharmacist. And I don't know if you remember seeing an ad where there was a story of a dad pharmacist and his daughter, and somebody called the house to thank them for right. yes. Yeah. I, I've had experiences like that. I worked in a compounding only pharmacy and I dealt with um, uh, hormone therapy for uh, for menopausal women. And I had many a husband come in and thank me for giving them their wives back. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. But I, I had developed relationships over the years with many of my patients. One I got to know very well and she would call me and she called me more than once threatening to commit suicide. This is an unusual circumstance. And I, knowing her well enough, I was able to talk her down from the suicide multiple times. Now, this is a woman that had uh, mental illness in addition to uh, other I issues. Um, but it was, that was a very rewarding situation. I, I bet that was. And, and as I said at the beginning, uh, you know, pharmacists, get to see and get to know patients probably a lot more in, in, in depth than the doctor. I, I, I can just imagine the, the benefits of having a close relationship with your pharmacist. Yes, it's very important. And I can tell you that there was one of my patients I had known for so many years that I knew all her medications without looking them up in the computer. She'd gone to the doctor one day and he sent over prescriptions. Most of them come electronically through the computer and it was a whole list of medications, but there was a new medication on the list. And I realized she's never had this one before, but one of the medications that she's been on for a long period of time was excluded from the list. So I called the doctor's office up and I said that the doctor had ordered this drug and I think he meant to order something else. And <clears throat> when they're ordering from a computer, a lot of times they have a list of drugs and they just pick off the list. Well, yeah, he picked the drug next to it by mistake. And he called me up after the nurse told him what was happening. He called me up and thanked me because I prevented this lady from A, going without her therapy and B, ha taking a medication that would be potentially harmful to her. That wow. I mean, that, but what, wow. It's like uh, the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, where yeah. Where, where, where a similar, he, he saved someone from taking the wrong thing there. Uh, wow. Uh, in, in, in conclusion here, what advice do you have for consumers in terms of, you know, taking charge of their own health care, but at the same time, you know, uh, partnering up, you know, with, with people in the healthcare system, like pharmacists, you know, who, who can help them. So any, any suggestions on what consumers should do the next time they're at the pharmacist? Talk to the pharmacist, go to the same pharmacy on a regular basis. If it's possible, if you ever in, in a situation where let's say you think you just need something over the counter, but you're not really sure which medication to choose, talk to the pharmacist about it. They're a resource for that also. Talk to the pharmacist about whether you need any of your vaccinations. They can check your records and tell what you've had and what you haven't had, at least at that location. And just get to know your pharmacist all, all the way around. Uh, by the way, is there a shortage of pharmacists? And, and what's, what's your advice for people who are thinking of wanting to become a pharmacist? 
Well, Steve, the pharmacy education is long. Uh, you go three to four years pre-pharmacy and get a bachelor's degree. Then you go three to four years to get your doctor pharmacy degree. And then you can't even practice until you sit for the board exam and pass it. So it's a long involved process. It's the same as almost the same as medical school. And in currently in, in Orange County, anyhow, there's probably an excess of pharmacists. But I suspect in the future that pharmacist education is going to be utilized in ways that we're not currently utilizing it, where pharmacists will order medications and adjust doses on a more regular basis than what we're seeing now. So that would open up more ability to allow pharmacists to work. There are approximately 40,000 pharmacists in the state of California currently. Wow. wow. Well, Debbie, th thank you uh, for all the great information. Really appreciate you being on the podcast today. Oh, you're welcome, Steve. It was my pleasure. I want to thank you for listening to today's Fight Back episode. Our mission is to be a resource and to provide you with healthcare information in a refreshing and interesting format. I also want to thank Debbie for joining us on our podcast today and for providing you, our listeners, with the information you need to optimize your relationship with your pharmacist. For more information, go to our website, www.healthcareconsumerrights.org. While on our website, you can check out additional podcasts or access more information and resources to help you navigate this healthcare system and get the care you deserve. We also welcome your input and stories that we can use on future podcasts. This is Steve Poisner, and this is Fight Back, a podcast by the Healthcare Consumer Rights Foundation. Thanks for listening. I look forward to our next podcast. Talk with you soon.